Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome everybody to the St. Louis Realtor Podcast live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, Missouri. Tonight's topic, our producer is going to kill us because it's a really long title, but it's all about how real estate sellers can kill the deal for themselves on accident or how their agents can help kill the deal for them without them knowing or that's the title, Joey, so deal with that. And we have, again, of course and always, my co-host, Shannon St. Pierre, a realtor here with the Herman London Real Estate Group. And we've brought in our one of our favorite guests we've had, Tony Barra, insurance expert. Maybe you can share some insurance uh, deal-killing stories for us here today. But we really want to talk about all the different ways that we've seen sellers kill the deal. Our hope is that realtors that will listen to this We'll avoid doing the things we're going to talk about, and we hope that sellers who will listen to this will avoid doing the things we're going to talk about. Is that right? Well, really, I think it's not just about sellers. I think agents are doing these things. A lot, yeah. Agents Agents are are sabotaging their own deals. They are. Yes. And not necessarily on purpose, right? No. So I've got a tons of notes uh, jotted down, Shannon, about things that I think go bad, but should we start... You know, we often just jump around in our topics, but do you want to just start, because we're all fired up and passionate about what agents are doing wrong. Let's just start there, okay? Let's, can I, can I just say that some realtors who are not using showing time, which in St. Louis is the free and automatic method of scheduling a showing for a home that's done through a little purple button on the MLS, and it works great. And it automatically email or text message the seller and get their permission to let them show the property. Or if the property is vacant, it'll automatically approve the showing for the buyer's agent. Why are all realtors not using this? Okay, so you know that this is a huge pet heave of mine. And I don't know. I don't understand why you don't use something that's, number one, the most convenient and free. And you make people call a showing, um, what's the other one? that? Go back and forth, and they try. It takes so long. What so, old school thought then? I guess doing the old ways of business. The old ways of business are becoming very frustrating because now you know I had this experience. I think last weekend I had to schedule like six showings. Right, five of them were through Showing Time, which is a free service to realtors through the MLS. I was able to click schedule, click schedule, click schedule, click schedule, and then one of them was using this company called. And so I literally had to call the number. And I had to tell her, I think, three times why I was calling, what my name is. Then she forgot. And then I had to, she looked up the, then she had to retell her the property address. And then you probably had to spell the address. You got time for all that? I had to spell it. This was all very frustrating. But you know what? When I got done with it, I thought it was done. But then I realized, you know, two hours later, wait, she never confirmed my appointment. So I'm driving to the house, my client's in the car, and I realized she never confirmed my appointment. So I call back, yeah. and I don't get the same lady. I get a different lady. And she says, "Where? why are you calling? Who are you? <laughs> There's is no, no notes. Is this in- Noah from Indiana? No, this is not Noah from Indiana. This is Adam from St. Louis. The same way it's been every time I've called from the same phone number. And why are you calling? The same reason that every single person ever calls in. Your service only does one thing. I'm calling to schedule a showing. How are they still around? Right? Yeah. And that's the only reason why I would be calling you. And so the lady who I had called earlier had somehow managed to not enter my request in. And so this lady then said, no, you have to give two hours notice. And in frustration, I wanted to just hang up and not show the property, but I didn't. I said, will you please call the seller? You guys have made a mistake. I called earlier. I tried to schedule this, blah, blah, blah. So then I'm on hold for a few minutes while I'm in the car with my client, right? She calls, and I get to show the property. The baffling thing about this, other than all the frustration that I'm going through, is that the listing agent is paying a monthly fee or a per-listing fee to this company to do a bad job when she could be using the free service. Okay, so and the other problem that I see and hear about is that other agents if they have to call um 
they actually will wait maybe until they figure it out or they don't do it at all and hopes that the client just kind of forgets about that listing. Or in all honesty, sometimes you're, they have been so um, pressed for time, I guess. They just, they've said, we will have to come back to that one. Uh, here's the ones I can get scheduled right away. I'll meet you over there in 15 minutes because sometimes it is a really pressed maybe the real timing. But then they guess what happens? They, they forget and they yeah. never show it. Wow. And so this is this is not just a podcast about us complaining about stuff, right? This is no, about this is serious how stuff. Bad that ta- agents that- are killing deals for their clients, right? And, and so- educating sellers, and because I don't think sellers realize that this. Right, that this is happening behind exactly. the scenes, and you know what? That agent is probably trying to convince their seller because I'm sure this is a big company, you know. And I don't mean to even just be picking on them, but there's a couple; they have a couple competitors too. But I think they provide reports and documents and stuff that agents can use in their listing presentation. That that agent is probably using to get the listing by saying, "Hey, I use this service." And now you'll know how many homes being showed in this area or whatever. Um, but, but Showing you know. Time does that as well in the MLS. Absolutely. But the agent, I'm just saying, oh. the agent is probably using that to get the listing instead of the seller being Okay, like, to all those agents, MLS does that as well, Showing and Time. And it's free. And it's free. And so if we were just complaining, then we would just be talking about how then you call other companies, you have to call their office, and the agent who's working on that Saturday morning or whatever is like, Hold on, my computer's running slow. <laughs> every time, every time, every time, and they're actually a little bit easier than. So I don't mind them as much, but the computer is always, always running slow. slow. Hold on, let me get to that screen. I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I calling you? <laughs> and they're always super, super nice, and it's, but at the same time, it, it's. They do have to either call you back, you have to wait, email, and yeah. And so I have relation, a complicated name they could never find to me. They can't find you. Yeah. The so. house is probably sold in that time. <laughs> and so in relation, <laughs> in relation to our market. topic, yes. in relation to our topic, like Shannon was saying, some realtors we've heard will just avoid showing those properties. Right? If you're going to show there's your some that have waited houses, all together, which I'm like, oof. But uh, then there's just some that because of the time constraints and they say they're going to come back to it. I think it's a 50, 50 shot after yeah. that. Yeah. Because if there is 10 showings and you only have time or if the client wants to see 10, but you only have time for eight. Yeah. You're going to pick the ones that are click, click, click. Yeah. Probably going to clip. Yeah. You probably do those first. All right. You go, Shannon. You got one. Oh yeah. <laughs> pictures, 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 pictures. Shannon, what is wrong with pulling up to the house, not even getting out of your car and taking the photo with your camera and having the side view mirror of your car in the picture. Because we do see that. And what is wrong with that? I don't understand. Actually, we do see that. And that is usually foreclosures. <laughs> but I'm talking about, uh, and fine, for a foreclosure, it kind of is what it is. I still think you should get out of your car and take a legit photo. However, I'm talking about photos for listings that... 200, 300 plus. I'm, 600, whatever. They, some I, people, I am floored, absolutely floored that any agent will show up with in those price, any price point range. I mean, you always, you always preach to us. It, you know, treat every listing the same. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether it's a $50,000 listing or a $500,000 right. listing. representing you. Yes. Yes. But it, it still really floors me that people just take, Photos with their cell phone. The cell phone does not take that good of photos. And right. for one, they take them vertically. You can. It's the same thing with video. And my my husband's a huge video guy. Does a lot of video editing. It's his biggest pet peeve is when people take videos vertically versus horizontally. Okay. It's the same with the photos. And your brain cannot see vertically. So they, your brain sees horizontally. So when you show a vertical photo in the MLS or online anywhere, your it cuts off what you your brain thinks it wants to see. Well, that makes sense because like PowerPoints, they put them on the landscape because you're visually, if you had it up there like yes. a Microsoft Word document, right. nobody pay attention. You turn it sideways. Yeah. So the pictures so are too it's small. A, it's a They're brain grainy. thing too. The lighting is bad. Oh, yeah. Never then, mind the issues. Like the lighting is bad. Like you can't get the full Then you get a picture. It's room. like, here's a picture of the corner of something. <laughs> yeah. Like a corner of a room. This room has walls. <laughs> Yeah. 
This here's another room with yeah, walls. Yeah, and it is bad lighting. I think that it's worth. Professional photographers in this business are nothing more than a hundred bucks. Now, I advise you just go out and get a really good camera. Um, they're not even if you spend a thousand dollars, which they are, they can be really expensive. You could make that up in ten. Think about it, ten listings, a hundred dollars for yeah. a photographer. See, I don't. You, you know, you might be good at photography. I'm not good at photography, but I hire a professional photographer. I think you should still hire a photographer if you're definitely not good at it, or you have. I have. I have the software where I can lighten up photos. I can. Um, I have photo software, so okay. I can do that. But the other pet peeves when you're taking photos is please, please just put down the toilet seat. I don't understand. Oh, I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I see the toilet seat, Tony up and I don't in get it either because we're yeah. like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, yeah, that thing's ready to go. <laughs> I don't understand. Please just put it down. It's not that much effort, and it just just sticks out. I and people comment you, on it. There was a house that I was interested in. I had been there before, so I knew I already liked the house. Mm-hmm. And it got listed, and the agent took incredibly bad photos. And uh, I was actually kind of appreciative of that in this case because I was the buyer. But because she had such bad photos, I believe that's the only reason that this house hadn't sold yet. And so I made a crazy lowball offer, and they actually countered me. Instead of they should have totally rejected it because they had multiple other offers because it's a gorgeous home. But the photos were so bad Mm -hmm. that no one else was going. Is it because he took them at 930 at night? I've seen that too. With her cell phone. And I think yes. I still had a flip phone. Yeah. You can't say just... see the flash off the window in yeah. the front of the house. I have seen that, yes. I don't know if we can just say cell phone because cell phones can be really good now, but it was just it was just bad. It was a bad job, right? I think if you can... Yes. I think if your phone is good enough, I think you get away with it. I still think there's a quality difference, but I do see many, many listings. I'm like... Oh, that shouldn't be sitting on the market. No. I know where that yeah, house is. Exactly. I bet it's an awesome house. And it's, look at this price point, and it's dropped so many times. I'm like, oh. I swear, in this case, I think yep, it costs photos. the sellers close to $50,000. I don't think sellers are really aware of, and I don't know if they don't check, although I would hesitate to think if you had your house on the yeah. market, wouldn't you be like curious about what the marketing remarks are? Well, on the photos? same context of photos, let me ask you this, because I personally believe that kind of like less is more you know i want my photographer when she goes over there yeah i want her to go over there and take a hundred photos but i might only post maybe 15 of them well uh this is part of my one of my things is understanding your target market and i would disagree i know there's a current listing on the market and i'm like where's the backyard where my listings doesn't have the backyard uh yeah i don't think so i don't think so maybe it didn't have a backyard and maybe it doesn't no, and maybe I missed it, but I, but I, and maybe it wasn't yours. But there is one I, I was like, "Where's the backyard?" I know it has one. I went to the history, and maybe this wasn't yours because I had to go to the history. But there is a backyard. It was mine, I, I like to have that. That yeah, you like to do minimal because you want and think that. It Here's what my theory in. is. Yeah, you know now the MLS requires you to have at least one photo, but years ago it didn't. Okay, and so you could have zero photos. Mm-hmm. And I sat there mm-hmm. watching my buyers, and this one little like three minutes of my life has carried forward for the next ten years. Okay. But I watched my buyer; he was clicking through homes, and he would find a home, see it, and go through the photos, and then he would go, "Oh my gosh, a pink bathroom!" Right, <laughs> and he would skip that house. Oh, never mind. I don't want this house anymore. And he'd go to the next house and the next house and the next house. And then he'd get to one that had zero photos. And he'd go, what about this one? This one's kind of interesting. Let's go to this one. Mm-hmm. How right? much time so did you waste? And so, well, I'm sure I wasted a lot of time. But we went to the house. That's my point. So if those people would have <laughs> either not had that picture of the pink bathroom, we probably would have gone there, right? Or, you know, I'm trying to use a, the example here that this guy... With zero photos, he was interested in the house, but too many photos gave him an excuse to not like the house. Because if you have 50 homes to look through, that's what you're looking for is excuses not to like these houses. Okay, so on the flip side to that, uh, so I have a lot of millennial buyers, say. So they, if they don't see the other bathroom quote-unquote, the second bathroom, they have to assume it's in the basement, and they assume, they're like, it must be pretty bad. That's interesting. Because if you don't show something, they assume it's horrible. Really? And I've gotten that comment more 
the knot. So okay. it does. They want to know what's there. So and maybe not every. They, maybe that's not the case for every age group. And every age group, though, would. There are some age groups that I think would put up with a pink bathroom because I think that they know that. Uh, who cares if it's a pink bathroom like, in great shape and the rest of it? And there's a new furnace and a yeah. new roof. I'm in. All right. So it's like the my backyard. turn. I get mm-hmm. to bring up another bad agent thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here's where I think agents do a bad job. I can actually kind of argue that it's maybe a good job, but you're a buyer's agent. You call a listing agent, and you're kind of just like, I've literally trained the agents at our company. I'm like, call the agent and just ask anything. So what's up with this house, yeah. right? Then you call the agent and they go, oh my gosh, these sellers are getting a divorce and they're desperate for the money and they really need it and they owe wow. almost nothing. They can afford to sell, right? And the price is too high. Just bring us an offer. This is literally the kind of stuff that some agents will say to you. And it's amazing. I mean, the reason I'm like, is it bad? Is it good? Because when they give me that much information, I almost like I am almost like a shark tasting blood in the water. Yes. And it makes me want to, uh, oh, yeah, like, hey, clients, we can really get a good deal on this one. But it's also extremely, like, bad for their client, right? I mean, this is not helping their client get top dollar for the home. No. Not at all. So I do do that. And I will... Well, no, I don't talk. I don't talk about my... If I'm the listing agent, I don't Uh say anything other than... This is a really great home. Yeah. They've taken such good care of it. It's like mm-hmm. everything you'd want to hear, as long as it's true. One of the number one rules in sales. So I've been in sales for, geez, I don't even know, long time, right? Ever since college. So like three or four uh, ever years. since college. So the number one rule is shut up. Uh-huh. So I will call, ask a question, and sit on the phone. And it makes people so uncomfortable. And they'll say something and go, okay, Ann. <laughs> okay, Ann, that's your move. I love that. And then they're like, okay, well, uh, and they feel like they have to fill the time. It's, mm-hmm. it's wildly interesting. Yes. But that is the number one rule in sales. Yes. Is not, not just shut up, but listen. So listen. And, mm-hmm. uh, and people – and. I've had people kind of I don't know that I've really had anyone do that move on me, but I would I would certainly fill the time with all the positive aspects. But it's wildly interesting how nervous people get. Yeah. And what comes out. And the agent is telling And so, they're not doing their due diligence to the seller. So they're not necessarily killing the deal for the seller, but they're really not representing their seller the best that they can. Right. right? They're not killing it. Because if anything, <laughs> you're kind of going, huh. Wait a minute. But they are bringing in potentially low-ball offers. Absolutely, they are. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so they're not killing the deal, but they're not helping their client at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're wounding uh, them. You got another sort of bad agents kind of thing? I got a whole list. So okay. we can go so all night. Your turn. Um, so commissions. What about them? You know, this is a hot topic. I think, and I know that there are agents that refuse to show homes. I don't do this. I'll, I'll complain about it, but I don't. I won't refuse to show a home mm-hmm. because they're only offering two, oh, two point two. My favorite topic. Two point <laughs> five. Like the industry average, if you didn't know, is two point seven. Okay. Or on up, and I do see reputable. Most of the reputable, really reputable agents usually give. 2.7 to 3. That's what they pay out say. the buyer's agent. That's what they pay out to the buyer's agent. But I'm seeing so often this 2.5 stuff, 2.5 or 2.4 and below. And it's a huge turnoff. So I'm more than happy. I don't it doesn't discourage me definitely from showing a property. But I'm not I'm going to open the door. I'm not going to work for it when I go show the next house for 2.7 and be like, "Let's talk about all the positive aspects yeah. over here." I do know agents that say no way. Yeah, so this is like kind of a merger between our two, between what I'm considering our two categories. This is a bad agent and a bad seller getting together and just having a party. But I don't think sellers (laughs) are aware. Well, they they're probably not aware of the repercussions. But a lot of sellers are trying to talk the agent down on commissions, and a lot of sort of I don't know uh, what's the word is about the agent, but they're not able to basically stand up for themselves, right? And they, they give want, the discount. They which, want okay, the fine. job, so they give I'm a discount. I'm fine with that. Give a discount. That's fine. But then what they do is they they f- 
force the discount on the buyer's agent. Yes. Right? That's So this what listing agent with. goes to a home and they don't have the ability or the confidence or the whatever to charge a quote unquote normal commission. Or they do it for a friend or a family. Or they do it for a friend or family. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. There's, you know, there's, we should say there's no standard commission Absolutely. or whatever. Again, you know? I have no problem with that. But they, what they do is they give the discount, but then they make the buyer's agent suffer the discount too. Yeah. And they say, well, hold on. I'm taking less. Why shouldn't they? Because the buyer's agent isn't friends with the seller. <laughs> yeah, the buyer's agent isn't this guy's client who's listed five homes for him. Right? The buyer's agent, whatever. The buyer's agent has done nothing to deserve less of a less than... I don't know if we should say normal commission or whatever, but the, the average, the average commission, whatever or the the norm, whatever the our attorney norm. would want us to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so yeah, so then they there if a buyer's agent is showing ten homes tonight, and all of them have one commission, and then one of them has a significantly less one, we're still going to show it. Uh, Herman sure. London, we definitely still show it, um, but like you said, we might. Not be super excited about Enthusiastic it. Enthusiastic about well, it. They show any negativity. Like, okay, boom, let's go down here. Yeah, I'd be like, all right, cool, <laughs> yeah. let's go. And then, but I will definitely go out of my way for some, there are some agents that I really do like uh, that are very fair to work with, number one, fair, pay out fair commissions, that I really work for them yeah. in the background and f- talk about their their listing and point out the positive. And look at this. It says a new roof. Look at this. This yeah. furnace looks awesome. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. I think commissions, whether sellers realize it or not, is a huge problem that, uh, but then I think more than anything, sellers just are naive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the agents, though. Some sellers. I really think it's on the agents. Yeah. I, well, it's, it's just, it is on the agent. And I'll never forget one of my friends who's a realtor for a different company. She does a great job, but she's, she just, whatever she charges, she just splits that in half, and that's what she offers the buyer's agent. And she said, I'm not going to take less than the buyer's agent. And then in the same breath, but I gave this guy a discount because he lists all of his homes with me. He's an investor, and he does all these deals. And I'm like, but dude, the buyer's agent is not getting all of these listings. Why are you punishing them? Why are you punishing them? Yeah. Because this guy sends you all of his business. I don't get it. Yeah, so I'd really like to say uh, to agents to really think twice about that one a little bit. All right, my turn? Yep. Okay, so here's what I – this is a little bit harder to, to say exactly, but I think agents often can do a bad job on how they present either an offer or how they present the pricing to a seller. And I think that by by doing that wrong, however you would kind of put your teeth around that, I think they're setting improper expectations for the seller or – it just they're just setting the seller up to fail, right? And so if you go to a seller and you say, "Hey, I think this home, you know, is worth 200,000, but you know, the market's hot, let's list it at 250 or something." I, I don't know exactly how they're presenting it to their clients, but they're setting their clients up to fail because their client then thinks, "Oh, 250 is what we should expect." And they're doing their little spreadsheet on 250, and they're using the number 250 for what they're going to pay for their next house. Mm-hmm. But then when the offer comes in closer to market price, at 200, at 200, for your the example. seller's mad, or they mm-hmm. reject it, or they do whatever, and they either don't respond, or they just they just don't end up getting a deal because their their expectations were improperly set. And all of a sudden, they failed, dejected. So overpricing is probably what the number one one of the number one things that kills deals for sellers. Yeah, overpricing is is definitely. A, I mean, that's a huge problem, right? And right. The, one of the frustrating things as an agent. But it's as an agent, you go in and try to sell the overpricing. You try to sell it, and then well, uh, one one thing that's frustrating as an agent is if you if you are the listing agent, you're the first listing agent, and you agree to that price, and you do everything you can do, you do all the good stuff. And then the home doesn't sell because the price is just too ridiculous. And then the seller blames you, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They either fire you or they don't rehire you. And then they hire a new agent who, oh my God, they did such an amazing job. They got my home sold yeah. in a week. Oh, really? What else did they do? Well, they just lowered their price by $30,000. <laughs> and then they got the home. But they sold yeah. in a week. Can you believe that? 
Yeah, yeah. That I, yeah, I can. So amazing! Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I had in my old in my old subdivision. There was a neighbor up the street that had a price their house listed, and it was just way overpriced. And they came out and it sat there with that realtor for like thirty days, forty five days. They ended up getting rid of that guy. They like the next agent came. They owned it like five grand. That's it. Yeah, and was still like out. They went through three or four realtors. Finally, pulled it off. Pictures were great. That being said, it was a Christmas house. They had Christmas decorations oh. everywhere. Santa Claus blankets on the bed. Mm-hmm. So, Year I mean, round? Yes. These oh, were an older yes. couple. We talk about yes, They ended yes. up pulling the house all completely off the market. <laughs> I don't even... So don't even know if it's sold. They probably ended up selling to some investor for a yeah. low cash <laughs> offer at some point. That's sad. Because, yeah. yeah. Pricing's, a, pricing's a problem, and I, and I don't feel like I've said what I'm trying to say here enough, but I think that you can Just because of, it's a hot market doesn't mean that you can overprice a house. Yeah, right. But, but like presenting the offer, too, I mean, you know, I, tr- I try really hard not to tell a client, whether it's a buyer or a seller, like any sort of guarantee, you know, like, oh, we're going to get you this for the home, right? Because, or I'm going to call this listing agent and negotiate this inspection um, deal for you or whatever. I don't think you should ever set improper expectations and promise things that you can't deliver, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about under promise and over deliver, but I think people. I'm, I'm having trouble putting the meat around this. But, but I, I don't think, think you can ever predict. It's homes, it's people, and it's emotions. And anytime you have emotions involved, it's yeah. unpredictable mm-hmm. on my, all sides. In, in most of my real estate fails, hashtag real estate fails over the years, <laughs> I think it's been times where I knew that a property was worth you know, X and we ended up listing it for a much higher price. Because that's what the client wanted, and I agreed to it. Uh, you know? Yeah, well, and then it then doesn't sell. That goes into the overpricing issue. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Your turn. All right. So, uh, so can I go to the? Um, and you know, this is one of mine. Is no showings until the open house. Yeah, let's argue about this. Okay, let's totally bring it. Why do you not like that? So I don't like it because there's a lot of individuals. uh, I've had more than a couple clients who have said, I have obligations on Sunday. I can't do it. I had one this weekend, wanted to see a house in Southampton. They're first-time homebuyers. They're ready to jump anytime. Mm -hmm. But they're like, "Eh, we're having a friend's Thanksgiving. Like, we're hosting. I can't leave my own hosting, like, party, like... Can't go see it. Oh, well. So my caveman thought about this is that by saying, you know, we'll put it on the market on Thursday and saying, coming soon, no showings until Sunday. And then maybe I'll say all offer, if I'm smart, I'll say all offers to be reviewed by Monday at five or something like that. Okay. That's my caveman thought because that's kind of what I've seen a lot of. That's what I've seen working for people. What is your sort of uh, smarter twist to that? Okay, so I think it is an older school thought just because it was something that was done and started when there was, uh, after the the bubble, it was to create that excitement. Mm -hmm. Um, That is no longer necessarily needed. I think the smarter twist on that would be be showings uh, start Saturday. All offers in by... 5 p.m. Sunday or 8 a.m. Monday morning to be reviewed with a time deadline of 12 p.m. Monday. So the important part is show it whenever the hell you want. All weekend right? long. I, I say you open it up it Thursday, all weekend Friday, long. Saturday, Sunday. No, open it up all weekend long. If you're not weekend. ready. Yeah, if you're not ready, you're not ready. But I don't, yeah, and I wouldn't draw this out too long. So I would showings say, can start yeah. Friday or Saturday. No earlier than the Friday. There'll be yeah, an open house evening. on Sunday. But no all, offers. All offers to be reviewed Monday evening at five. All offers to have an acceptance deadline of okay. nine a.m. or twelve p.m. Sunday. I recently had one that said it was nine p.m. Okay, so you just it's don't 9 want what we're what we're trying to avoid here is that we put a house on the market and then someone rushes over there. They make an offer. They only give us three hours to respond, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we don't have the chance to to let anyone else see it and get it, multiple offers, which is what we want. We want the multiple offers, right? And so you're is- saying give these people time to get over there, and you'll get a, have a better chance of getting multiple offers, right? 
And what if the agent's busy? Like, it's a really hard gamble. And I think it's a big gamble to only allow Sunday open house, all offers to be reviewed. Why not? If it's such a great house, okay, why is- not allow all weekend long, Saturday and Sunday, come look at this house, all offers to be in by 5 p.m. Sunday. We will review them with a deadline of 9 p.m. Sunday if you really want to tighten it up. Just playing devil's advocate here. Sure, just kind of listen to you, guys. you better be but, on uh, my side, though. Is it a seasonal thought <laughs> process, maybe? Because I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying as far as you know, creating a buzz, getting multiple offers up like that. And I know you said that was kind of the old school way of it's doing. It's a post bubble thing that people, start, the okay. agents, started to so do. So it doesn't really matter. 12, 12 months out of the year, though, you have to be sort of uh, in tune to the market to know okay. if you're going to get multiple offers or if you're going to be begging for offers. And that's your guys. Right. And honestly, just... so this one client is looking, say, I think in Webster under two hundred. Okay. Everything in Webster under two hundred. Gotcha. If it's even halfway decent, is getting multiple offers. Yes. So this so is a yes. whole, we could probably do a whole show on multiple offers, but I just want to ask you, how are you, Shannon St. Pierre, listing agent extraordinaire, that rhyme? Wow. Hey, hey did <laughs> everyone this, witness that? Her. He said it. How, he said my name. No, he just said my name. Oh, wow. How are you going to handle it when you do what you just said you're going to do? And I go over there Saturday morning, I submit a full price offer Saturday at noon, and you got till Saturday at four to respond. Full price. The uh, I you put it off on the sellers. The sellers want to open it up for all weekends to allow all sellers or well, you all just potential said you're buyers. Not through. look at anything until Sunday night at five. But here's my offer. I'm only giving you a two hour window because I'm a sorry. The sellers are unavailable. They're actually out of town and so you're gonna lie. You're gonna lie. That may be the po- that may be the truth. How do you know I'm lying? Right so basically, I think <laughs> no, and you're not and gonna I lie. Just, you're just gonna have to say, look, sorry, we don't. That's yes. against what we've agreed to. It's yes, not I've agreed with my agents. sellers to open it up all weekend. I didn't want to wait till just the open house, but I wanted to give everybody an opportunity to look at we it. We want to give everyone the opportunity. Yes. I think that's fair. That's honest to say. And the agent who tries to get you to change, your I think rules, that's a bully. Yeah, that is kind of that's just that's not. And fair. that's not necessarily. I think it, it'd be great. I always want to get my seller an offer, but at the same time, how bullish are they going to be throughout the entire process? And then when maybe the sellers could be working with someone who's a little bit more compatible. Okay. So my bullies turn. are killers. Bullies <laughs> are killers. That it was one I was not going to bring up, but I will tell you there are some. People don't necessarily like dealing with a bully. But yep. uh, all right. So we had an agent today, right? This is, we had an, one of our agents in our office um, went to an open house this weekend. He's looking for a home for himself. He went to an open house this weekend, and the the agent who was op- holding the open house open said, bring an offer. The sellers are negotiable. The sellers are motivated, whatever, right? And so our agent comes back. We talk. He submits an offer on the home. You know, it's a little bit lower than what the uh, – maybe 10% or so lower than what they're asking for the home. But the listing agent calls him back and says, sorry about your luck. The sellers are not going to respond to your offer. Okay. What do you think about that? I don't like it. So I I wouldn't, to any agent, there's no reason that you can't get your sellers to respond. So say it's on the market for 200,000, they offer 150. Clearly it's potentially insulting. Mm -hmm. It's way below, but no. So they counter back at 195. Yeah. This this is where we are. Is a real problem, you know? I mean, so just at least just counter respond. back. Oh, Maybe the they were just testing the waters and they like, do want it. Yeah. The, you know what? The at buyer wants this house. This buyer wants this house. He's just, he went to the open house. The listing agent's person who was there, whatever, basically said the sellers are super motivated. So our agent is basically testing how motivated yeah. are you, right? He could have offered a dollar, right? If this is the price is right, he would have offered a dollar. And then the seller it needs to come back and let them know There's how something. motivated they are, right? Instead, they're letting their ego get to them. They're not countering. And this guy is probably, instead of coming back tomorrow and letting his ego get you know, bruised or whatever shopping. with the raise and offer, he's looking at other homes. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. And when the seller should have come back, even if they said, sorry, full price, price, or yeah. if they would have come down $1,000, or just came down. Maybe you know they could have come down and given their... Said so no right now. Yeah, anything, anything. Maybe not but given I think their lowest offer. Always respond. Always respond. Always. They should not necessarily give their lowest offer, but they should give you know a couple grand, probably above their lowest offer, 
in my opinion. Just to let them know where they're, like you said, how serious they are. Where they're at. They want to sell the house. And and there are a lot of realtors. Absolutely. You have a live buyer and they're basically just turning away from it. There's no indication that there's other offers or anything else. So in my opinion, that agent should be pushing them harder to make some sort of a response. Absolutely. I am always... You just respond. Just it doesn't courtesy. matter. If you want to respond at the list price, you just respond. Yeah. So in my opinion, you should always counter and be like the last to counter. I actually learned that on a deal I was doing a year or so ago, maybe two years, with an agent. And he was like, I'm of the thought that you always counter and you know, always want to try to keep the deal together yeah. if you can. Absolutely. Sure. Right? Sure. And so this agent is basically letting the seller kill the deal mm-hmm. too early and they shouldn't do it. So on that point too, though, I, before I was even an agent, I was at an open house. And if you allow someone else other than yourself, the listing agent to hold the open house, please educate the the agent that's holding the open house. I I was asking questions. What about this? What about that? What about this? And they're like, I don't don't know. know. I'm just filling in for so-and-so. I don't know, but do you want to buy a house? You want to buy a house? And I'm like, "Uh, not from you. You know nothing about this house. And me and my husband walked away going, well, I don't know if we're interested because we now we still know nothing about the house, and we were more specific about the systems because we know that's what costs the money. So, just, I'm definitely just a little that. tip on that. I, I'm definitely guilty of that. I like to let other agents hold my listings open. Yeah, but then just tell them what you know. Hopefully, they're you know the the problem with this agent did is it wasn't that they didn't know whether it was gas or electric heat, right? It was that they gave information that they didn't actually have. They said this seller yeah. is motivated. Well, they might be motivated. Well, they said that. But not way. And now they're not motivated. They're not motivated enough to even respond to our offer. Okay. Okay. Your do turn. You, oh, uh, let's do a fun one. And this is probably more on sellers. Do, you want, do we want to stick with agents for a while or do we want to just go um, straight to sellers? I want to keep sticking with agents if you don't okay. mind. Um, so... Um, all right, let me. Uh... You got to revamp her strategy here. Yeah, now you hold her on here. <laughs> yeah, we're sticking with agents, and then we're going to jump into sellers. Okay, you know? so the number one agent thing that I think is absolutely a deal killer, mm-hmm. and that I think you should get out of the business mm-hmm. on this one. Oh boy! Wow. Here we go. I really do. Get ready to edit this out, Joey. <laughs> this is why I won't become a realtor. <laughs> My number one thing. Is I will give feedback. I always give feedback, and I've given feedback so many times and said, Yeah, my clients are potentially interested. Here's their question crickets. Nothing. Nothing. I have, in some cases, uh, an agent might email me. Um, Probably something pretty vague to like, Oh, yeah, they didn't like it. Yeah, if like, you want to make it up, you want to chat, yeah, sure, you know, whatever. whatever. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, You've got to be kidding me. If sellers understood or sellers knew the lack of work that agents were doing, and when I just said to you, yes, potentially interested, why wouldn't you be on the phone in five minutes saying, how can we make this deal? So tell me, what do you think they were thinking, that agent, when they possibly read that? You have to assume that they read your feedback. Why would they Then they're not even doing their job either if they're not reading the feed. I'm not going to market this home anymore. Because the toilet seats were up. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking, why weren't the toilet seats down? I would have bought that. There you go. Why would you not call me and say, how can we bring this deal together? I don't know. But so that's, okay, so then I'm going to twist that one into the agents are either doing sort of being too aggressive or in your case, they're being too, what's the opposite of lackadaisical, lackadaisical. Right. And so sometimes you get feedback. I've given feedback before and I'm like, Hey, uh, yeah, the feedback is, you know, the, you know, home smelled like cat pee or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then agent calls me yelling. Did you tell him it's in a gold star schools? And did you tell him this and that? (laughs) That's the wrong approach. That's, that's too aggressive. But you're talking about agents who are just not doing anything. That's, you're like you say, that's ridiculous. The agent is not trying to bring the deal together. I, I just don't think you should be. If, I know you can't what they're even thinking. Call me, I know what they're thinking. They're thinking if you're interested, you'd make an offer. And what are they going to do? That's call not true you? because I did have an agent. I think of her, and I, her name is totally escaping me. But she were obviously another brokerage, mm-hmm. and she just called me exactly when she said she would. Yeah. I'm going to call you in a few days. I'll call you in a few days. And boy, uh-huh. did she call me every few days. And sometimes I'm yep. like. 
Yeah, I just, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, sometimes I don't know what to tell you. Just accept that. And then she would tell me something more. I just want to let you know these, these, buy, these sellers really took great care of this house. They loved the neighbors. or no, they, they were like, so needy, almost- no, they were just telling no, me this information. Is good. This and, is good. And, okay. in, and in turn, I'd just tell, next time I was with the my buyer, even though I didn't want to pound her and go, hey, that agent called me again. Hey, that no, I didn't do You'd that to the that buyer. Okay. I hey, by the way, so the agent called me again. You know, she so here's a few of the comments that she said. I just want to pass it along to you. She was just telling me about the the homeowners and how well they took care of the house and they did this and they love the the little streets and their neighbors and this or that or whatever it is more than a couple times. But she stayed on me and then I said, look, I think the house is too. It's priced a little high and she's like, okay. Let's. So she sent me a whole spreadsheet of her comps, legitimate comps, and I'm like, okay, I think we're somewhere in the middle, like between here and there, and and then she fought for them, and we ultimately bought the house. Nice. Wow. They bought the house absolutely because, and this it was a first time home buyer. We hadn't been out that many times, but she stayed on me. She stayed with me. She was patient. She was just persistent. Um, so I do think that the re- if you do not call me, and when I say I, my client's interested, you're not at all doing your job. No. The only thing you've got to do in this world is follow up, follow up, or at least try and sell the the property. Yeah. That I will never. I don't understand. Like this thing and age, a simple text. You all right, know? let's <laughs> something. Let's chat. let's jump into sellers. <laughs> How are the sellers killing the deals for themselves or hurting themselves? Mm, gosh, the list goes on and on and on. Boy. Do you want to start? You, you start? go ahead. You seem to have so, a long list over there. I do. I do. So I, they're the obvious. of um, The DIY projects. The outdated plumbing fixtures and lighting fixtures that I don't think cost that much. It does cost a little bit. But to, uh, just update those or the first floor. I love floor. That. I showed a home the other day. It's in a $600,000 price range, right? Mm-hmm. Gold doorknobs, gold fixtures on the sinks, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, wow, this seller could probably, they could maybe spend $500. dollars a 1000 Make another five grand mm-hmm. on the deal we, or whatever. They would, well, and we sell walked the house. out of there. No. You know, I, I mean, I was trying to explain to my client about how, wow, look at this. You can just make, you could spend $1,000 yeah. on these updates and you would feel like this home was updated. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's this home needed a few other things like some flooring and whatnot, you know. But I'm like, wow, they they but could just literally, the fixtures, just fixtures, alone. fixtures meaning light fixtures and, and doorknobs, fi- yeah, well, or faucets. Okay, so plumbing fixtures like faucets, and then on the on the um, in the master bath, they had the tub and it had like the gold, mm-hmm. you know, what do you call that? It doesn't cost that, that much. Yeah, they should have absolutely spent the money and updated that. What are we thinking now? Brush nickel. Are we still on brush nickel. By so the way? Uh, oil bronze. Oil bronze is mm-hmm. oil bronze right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Oh, wow, you got to go to oil bronze. Wow. Yeah, but I tell you, it, it's just slightly higher. Not that bad. Well, going back to that, you know, like you're talking about the gold. If it's just the handles and they updated those cabinets and lighting, your eyes don't even get drawn to those gold door handles. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, but people get fixated thing. on that buyers, and yeah. especially in that price point range. Come on, it's crazy because literally a. I mean, the seller's killing the deal there, but I'm like, come on, buyer, go to Home Depot and you'll see that these doorknobs are like six to eight dollars a piece. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. You know, it'll be but fun. Do it. It's hard to convince the buyer to do it. Absolutely. That. Right. Yeah. But the DIY projects, I see a lot of DIY that are not done well, uh, like those peel and stick like backsplashes. Oh, I hate those. Uh, where you have the, the lighting fixture, like for the um, garbage, garbage disposal. disposal. Thank you. You're yes. Welcome. And it's. And it's not even all the way butted up or against or yeah. even underneath. Yeah. It's just because I couldn't quite figure out how to fit it all in there. It's you're better off just having or not doing nothing anything all or yeah. having something yeah. outdated. Buyers something are that looks really bad. interesting. Every buyer is different, and I, I will remember a story where a buyer was in a house. We were in a kitchen. They kind of like the house actually, and you know you're probably going to be people listening back. Well, that's a bad agent. You're a bad agent, Adam. But my client saw that one of the electric uh, like sockets was kind of like improperly installed. It was kind of cattywampus or whatever. And he said, if they did that wrong, what else did they do wrong that we haven't seen? And that was his mindset. And I don't think that makes me a bad agent that I didn't stand there and try to convince him 
that he that you know oh no no you should buy this house no and as an agent how can we possibly know but how do we know right that's the number one mistake sellers make do so the bad diy projects love it bad bad validated oh smells all right you get another smells smells can we just what about smells oh oh my gosh Smells, smells, smells. Smoking and pets. And then people buy these really cheap or really highly scented, like, I don't even know, the things you plug in, the things you... And that's even worse. It's worse. So it's scents covering scents, and then it's just madness. I want to stand up for the smokers because they smoke in their house. They can't, you know, make their house not a smoking house. Or the people with pets, right? What are they supposed to do? The people that go to the extra Mm. efforts to do a bad job with smells. Can we talk about that? Like you said, they go and they buy 10 Glade plugins. <laughs> yeah. Without cleaning up the cat just, urine on the carpet. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, we're just going to let mean, that marinate you there, can but do, I'm going to add some Febreze in here. You can do some stuff about the smoking <laughs> smell. No, this ocean or the, breeze, yeah. little candle and Glade plugin. But don't go to extra efforts to make the smells bad. I, Yeah, don't go to the extra effort. But I think that there's things you can do. And so if you're... You need to air out the house. Every home has a scent. And so it's even if it's not smoking your pets, every home has a scent. And you need to air it out prior to putting it uh-huh. on. You can take down the curtains, just throw them in the dryer for with a couple dryer sheets for 10 minutes each, like each panel, like vacuum, vacuum, wash the pet bedding. Like there are things you can do. Clean out the traps or throw down a bunch of baking soda and vinegar down the drain. Let it sit for a while. Have the carpets cleaned, yeah. Yeah, so when it's overwhelming, I just, mm, I showed a house, they liked it. They couldn't get past the smoke smell. And I'm like, kills it, people. Kills it. Okay, so another thing a seller do. You are with your buyer they're kind of awkward, right? Whatever. And you go to the home and the seller's there. And I just comes just, up all the time. Just being That's there awkward. first of all is you awkward. Know the person. <laughs> yeah. Just the seller just being there first of all is awkward. But please, please, please do not give us a tour. Please do not yes. show us around. Please don't tell me about how you taught your son to play basketball on that hoop. Yeah. This is not helping you. <laughs> if you're here, pretend like you're not. Yeah, just- Stay if you're there. here, leave. Yeah. Right? If you're no, here, leave. I, I've come across or a lot of elderly sellers, and they do. They allow us in, and then they go back and sit in their chair, I which is, like I think, visitors. fine. Yeah. And it then it's matter. just, they allow us. But yeah, the tour guides are the, what we need okay, to get Okay, so over. the elderly seller or whatever, yeah. the seller who stays there and sits in the corner or whatever, that's bad, but it's on, in my opinion, it's partially on the buyer's agent to say, hey, it's all right. They're going to be there. And, you know, just don't say much, you know? Yeah. And so the buyer, it's on the hide, buyer's agent hide. to communicate with their client that this is okay, this is going to be normal, and here's how we should respond, right? Yes. And so I think that part of this is on the buyer's agent, actually. Sure. But please, seller, do not give us a tour. Yeah, it's Unless the tour guides. No tour guides. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I don't know if I'm supposed to tip, and yeah. then it's just weird. No, they are just, they, no one wants that. You're right? not even open with your thinking because the whole time you're thinking about that person standing right there. Like, Awkward. Yeah. The buyer does not want to picture you living in your home. They want no. to picture them living in their home, right? Exactly. Yes. Okay, so don't be there at the showing. And the agent, this is back, you know, back to the bad agents. The agent should tell you that. Leave. If you can if you yeah, can. I mean, if you're like literally physically capable, leave. Yeah. If you can, yep. Or go outside. You know, I sit, on my out, home sit outside. Today, yeah. The sit home, at, the homeowner was like outside and at least gave me some time. Okay. You know. Okay. Okay, you're up. Pinterest lovers. What does that mean? Sellers love to make their home Pinteresty, but it's just not quite fit for all. So I really, th- there is a house that was on the market that. Is the most perfect example of everything a seller should not do. Is this different than DIY projects? Uh, yeah, the DIY, the whole backsplash. You know how, like, so this house particularly, it should have sold. It's in an area that is hot. It's in a price point that fits every first time home buyer. Um, I just, I'm afraid to give too much detail because I'm afraid this agent's going to hear it. But it's not one of our agents, but. You walk in, and in the entry is vertical stripes, pan-painted, right? You walk around the corner, there's horizontal stripes, super cute colors. You walk into the 
at Kitchen, it's chevron painted stripes, like total Pinterest out, like all the way it's around. Like Tony and I are Googling chevron. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think of the oil. <laughs> That's still a chevron. Right. So you know how this, they, it, the, they goes up and down, yeah, up and down. Like plaid, like, uh, I guess. I it's not plaid. It's chevron. Like, um, She's it's, looking at Joey like He's like, angle. There's an angles. Um, so, so it's the V's upside the V upside down V's that are all connected. All right. Um. So yeah, but then, and I'm like, they've got to do a paint job, but it's we're talking at three bedroom, two full bath in this most desirable area. That's just so a, paint your house, make it neutral. Make Less it neutral. Less is more like what you said earlier. But yeah, then but everything, the things that they did too, they never decluttered. I I really honestly think this. Agent stuck a sign in the yard and said, for sale. And they didn't declutter not one closet. They barely cleaned it. It would be no different than you coming over to my house and be like, yeah, sorry, I got kids. Yeah. You so know, the like agent should tell their seller, get the stuff out of here. I like to tell my seller, I'm like, you get, you know, I change the number from one to two, depending on what they have on their counter. But I'm like, you get to have two things on your counter in your kitchen, choose them wisely, and then put everything else away. No, right? you need to declutter Closets, because guess Declutter. what? We do open those doors, mm-hmm. and when you can't see in the closet because it's falling on you, uh-huh. or even kitchen cabinets, like would you, sorry, would you we agree do that open. It's those. okay to have a bunch of boxes in the garage. I'm okay with that, like cluttering up that basement. But allow me to look into it. But buyers do look in cabinets to see if their stuff would fit yes. in your cabinets. They look into a closet, but it was so cluttered. I they didn't take out not one thing, not Except one your thing at all. Away if it's summer, at least not one like thing. Something. All right, we're running long here, so we get we two. Are. Let's get two more things each. And you go first. Carpet in bathrooms. Ate it. <laughs> What's better than carpet in the bathroom? Hello. If you like mold, because you constantly step on it wet. If like, you like, it's nasty. <laughs> So you like, if you like mold yes. and urine, we've mm. got so if you're Let a seller, carpet so smell good. If you're a seller, just get rid of the carpet in the bathroom. Anything is better. I don't care if it's plywood. <laughs> yeah, plywood would be better. Absolutely. Yes. So you can buy you can polyurethane the plywood and make it look fancy, <laughs> look like a loft. All right. <laughs> so um, I want to talk about brief, very, very, very briefly because we could probably make another episode on this for sale by owners. When you're a buyer's agent and you're working with a for sale by owner, the for sale by owners are killing the deals because they have no one telling them what's normal. And they ha- they maybe don't ever read the contract or something. I don't know what's going on. But they do really weird stuff and they get mm-hmm. mad at really weird things, right? And they're like, we're not going to do the municipal inspection. And it's like, oh, did you not read the contract at all where you agreed <laughs> to do that, right? Like. I'm I'm not sure if you read that at all, right? Or we're not going to let the appraiser in. We're not. We're tired of letting people in. Like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to get, send over loan denial at this time. I'm not sure, you know. <laughs> so, for sale by owners, if you want to be a for sale by owner, you know, please don't get an agent, but also just go with the process because we really, you really need someone telling you what's normal and not to, how to do things crazy. They're making it too personal. Mm-hmm. And I'm, selling a home is not a personal; it's business. The house I'm buying right now, and I shouldn't probably put this this direct, but we're closing on December 22nd. And the seller, who's a for sale by owner, emailed me and said, "Hey, I'm moving on the 22nd, and you know, on the 26th, I've got the cleaners coming." <laughs> and I'm like, what, "What do you mean they're coming? What are you talking about? No." <laughs> Like the, the day after will, Christmas, the locks will be changed. You will not be accessing my property at this time, you know. And so she's got no one on the other side telling her what's normal. And so I'm obviously having to do it, but I'm having to be really nice and tell her what's normal yeah. and like say it in a sweet way. And I really wanted to be like, no, you can't come over to the house. But she said she's sending cleaners over, so we're actually going to let her. You know, but it's like a free anyway, This is a good situation, but I've dealt with a lot of for sale by owners that don't let normal due process go on. And I have dealt with FISBOs, for sale by owners. That FISBO. FISBO, is what you say. Learning stuff. Um, and that's always been the case. Yeah. They're, you know, a lot of... Uh, and actually, they, do, they shouldn't know the process. Why would they know the process? Why would they? But a lot of times I've had, it, our, you know, our agents have said, oh... 
my buyers found this for sale by owner and they really like it. And the for sale by owner, you know, doesn't want to pay a commission or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. Help your client. And in most cases, the deal dies because the for sale by owner is so unreasonable on certain things, whatever they are, that the deals end up dying. Yeah, pretty much. I All right. One more of us. One more each. Um, okay. So I think we know a lot of the stuff that's like painted neutral, declutter, declutter, declutter. But here's one that's killed a few deals lately, and it's millennials. Uh, so it's a younger price point, but uh, windows. What about them? It is wildly, it's been wildly interesting to walk into these homes with these younger or first time home buyers and they look at the windows and they're like, oh, those windows are the original are windows. Yes. Really? This is interesting to me. And that I'm you say like, that. Oh, well, yes, but you do realize there are a lot of window companies. I can help you with this. Wait, I what's the seller doing windows. wrong in this case? What do you want them to so, do? I do think, and I had this one on Saturday. I think more than anything, they were like, God, I, there's a lot of other things about the house. Don't get me wrong. But they were like, yeah, but all the windows. And they, some of these bigger city homes have these bigger windows, and they're intimidating, or there's a lot of them. Or, um, so if you have the older original windows, really, it's time to update them anyway. Wow. They're, so the millennials are way more energy efficient than, say, you and I. It's just interesting to me that you say that because I've seen oh, – I've represented buyers before. We go to a house and they have all new windows and the buyers just didn't care. You know, They just gloss over it. It's like, hold on oh, there, I Sally. I mean, windows. <laughs> these sellers just spent – yeah, eight thousand dollars or whatever. Well, I think you're windows. talking about a new set, a set of individuals who are a little bit more conscious about those. Maybe that's what the millennial thing is. Yeah, they are a little bit more energy. Yeah, conscious where they are, they are aware that it's going to cost them more to heat and cool, and that's a factor. And they try okay. to figure that into the bills. I also have another couple who is renting, and it's so ill efficient in their home. That they spend more than I do. They must have like maybe a thousand a thousand square foot uh, rental place, yeah. little apartment or whatever. It's got to be smaller than that technically. But I have like I'm heating and cooling almost four thousand square feet, mm-hmm. and their and their bills are more than mine because wow. of their windows, because of yeah, the windows well, and the doors. The buyers should care, and I think you're right that the sellers probably should do that. And maybe times are changing. <clears throat> I've just seen where sellers have done it. Well, I think that goes back to let me care. say, know your market then. Know your target market. Know your target market. Know your target market and who you're selling to because I think millennials are a totally different thing. If you're first time if it's a first time home and that you're tar- and you're targeting mm-hmm. windows and updated bathrooms and kitchens. You know one thing else that would be a good idea, you know, you're talking about the windows and the season stuff like that, showing a home when it's colder. One thing people don't realize is blowing more insulation in the attic. Yeah. You know, you could put more insulation for attic mm-hmm. for around five hundred bucks. Yep. That's something simple. You're not losing a lot of heat out of it. Maybe those energy efficient windows that they don't have when you're showing the property in the wintertime, at least seems a little warmer. Yeah, the, I think the green thing <laughs> sort of passed over my generation, I guess. And probably yeah. millennials care more about the green stuff. Uh, yeah. So the whole new initiative is to make homes more energy efficient and tout the energy efficiency. If your target market is... A first-time home buyer, which would be maybe a millennial. Okay, but we've been saying that for eight years, and no, no. one cared. Maybe they're starting to care. Yeah, they care a little bit more now. Um, so I'm just saying that if, as long as you know your target market, you could, you, and you don't have to do any of this advice. No. By all means, it's probably specific per zip code or just area that's generally up and coming. More millennials are moving into that. that I would say change. younger families. Yeah. yeah, in certain areas, whereas the younger, childless is other areas well i'll tell you what this is officially our longest podcast ever maybe how long have my, we gone now maybe one of my favorites we're over an hour and so we're wow. gonna wrap it's it all up of you. we're gonna wrap it up <laughs> i want to tell anyone who's listening thank you very much for listening don't forget to subscribe itunes we're on youtube we're on hermanlondon.com if and we have, have any, no one to ask your five questions to, though. We have no, no one to ask five questions to this week. So, see, that we save time there. We can Just want to point that out. Thank you. Thank you. If <laughs> time you efficiency. have questions or topics or anything that you want to cover, please email podcast at hermanlondon.com. 
If you have any real estate home buying or selling needs, please either call our office or just call Shannon directly because everyone knows you want to work with Shannon St. Pierre. I said it Look your name that. right wow. twice. twice. Yeah. In yeah. one podcast, he said yeah. my name normal. And even though we know Tony didn't let us talk about insurance this episode, you still call Tony Thank with you all your insurance much. needs. <laughs> Give us your contact information, Tony. My email again is anthony.berra, B-E-R-R-A, at libertymutual.com. I have two phone numbers, 314-922-4912, as well as 314 580 Four two eight four. But that's so, only if you want to save money. I mean, yeah, only if you want to save money. So yeah. only the millennials call them. Is that what you're saying? Uh, anybody <laughs> no. save money? Oh, anybody <laughs> can. Okay. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. Please reach out. We'd love to know what you want to hear. And uh, take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.